0: Hello and welcome to the
1: 2023 Pulp Kitchen Awards. Woo! Second annual awards. Guys, if you're listening, it's a Black Tie Affair. Please take your The ceremony is about to begin. We didn't know if we were actually going to do it again, but damn it, we're doing it again. We're in Black Tie. Flick and, on the video.
0: And so are you guys too, I
1: assume. If you're not wearing Black Tie, get out. Go change. Listen, that's okay. Watch no, out. We're, 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 we're strange. As
0: I? As you can gather from the nature of this episode, we will be reviewing. The film. We will be going through the a film. select number of. Did <laughs> the I year. The film? <laughs> yeah. My God. We're reviewing the films of the year. So yes. my auto cue cut out. And um, 2023, we, the year. 2023, 23, the year that was. Mm. Um, Busy. If you're listening to this, you would have just had Christmas. I hope you had a good one. I hope everyone had a good Christmas. And you can now squeeze back into your black tie, tucks, mm-hmm. and dresses. For this award ceremony. It was a uh, what? What a year, 2023 for films.
1: Good year, busy. It just kept going on, like in a good yeah. way.
0: Film or otherwise, I've really felt that this year has been long.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, film-wise, yes.
0: No, yes. I mean in life. I mean, just... oh
1: no, life. It went really quickly for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Are you like down on the planet, and I'm up in the spaceship, like an Interstellar? Yes, and yeah. I've the, been there 2020 20 yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Well, we've got some interesting categories, and also. Don't
1: forget, we, we haven't forgotten, we, we put a message out
0: to everyone oh, yeah, thank you. for their favourite films and their favourite performances of the year, and we will be reading those at the end of the episode. A
1: couple of rules for the Pulp Kitchen Awards this year. We're only going to be talking about films that had a UK release date this year. Yes. Because we have actually had the chance to see films at screenings, London Film Festival, that aren't going to be out till next year. And we thought, even though there's definitely things that I think would make mm-hmm. my lists and my nominees and my honourable mentions, I'm always like, it's not really valuable to you guys if you haven't been able to see them yet. So these are all films that have come out at least in the UK, this calendar year, from Pulp Kitchen Awards to Pulp Kitchen Awards. That's where it runs. I do have one honourable mention this next year, but it's an honourable okay, mention, fine. not a winner. Well, okay, well, well great. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's not managed to see that, um, but yes, we, we look. We've done we've done some categories, but in the interest of time, we're not going to do all the categories. We're doing all the main ones. Yes, we're not doing we're, so many great th- things to do with sound and production design, and but we're just not going to. be here all day.
0: We're just going to try and get to the heart of the matter and the key questions that we want to talk about. When you when you speak to someone about the the year of film mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. we have I believe six categories that yeah. which are the ones that people often ask and we begin with james 2023
1: what was your biggest surprise are you ready for this my biggest surprise of 2023 starting with an easy one was the flash (laughs) yes it was easy in terms of surprise a film i had zero expectations going into but had such a fun time the reason it's my biggest surprise of the year is that not only did i have so much fun watching the flash but there is this distinct moment where I'm having fun watching it, despite Michael Shannon's very rubbery face yes. for most of that film, there's a moment right at the end, and if you've seen it, you know this gag, where you and I just <laughs> looked at each other and slapped each other's knees yeah. and absolutely howled with laughter yeah. at the screen. And I cannot remember the last yeah. time a film has ended on such a great gag. I know we're alone, and not a lot of people liked The Flash. Yeah. I just don't see it. I had a really great time with it. We also saw it in the perfect environment, and I was surprised. Yes. Way more fun than I ever thought I would have. I would very happily rewatch it. On a rainy Sunday, that is my biggest surprise of the year. I,
0: I actually—that was my honourable mention. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned it, but yeah. I, I totally agree with you, though, for all the reasons you said. Look, when when I think about the flash, I know it looks terrible. When you see clips, of, particularly when you see clips of it on tiktok when it's reduced to clips on tiktok it really doesn't look good it does also have some of the worst cgi
1: not just of this year but of recent years that's undeniable it falls into very typical dc and comic book fashion of like a a main character in a cg suit screaming with lots of lightning bolts and things going around them to hold the thing in place so thing can happen
0: but i agree i i I mean i think all the good gags in it have kind of been ruined online but i'm like when we saw it i thought it absolutely worked and i think it kind of worked because All the people I know who have had an issue with the film have all been like sort of weirdly overprotective of it and like, oh no, you can't do this. I'm like, it's a superhero movie. It's so silly and so fun and so ridiculous. So I know looking at it, it might, seem like a bad film but i i agree with you we had a blast and i would Mm. defend it and i'll
1: happily watch it again it actually benefited from the dcu being slightly sort of unraveled and unfocused Uh, and lacking it it has no central structure really to hold its story down so therefore it's quite liberating for flash to be able to be like cool we're just gonna have some fun bring back some old batman cg stuff ezra miller did a really good job with it yeah can't complain but that was my honorable mention. Mm-hmm. My biggest surprise of
0: 2024 was actually Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among oh, Thieves. My Also my honorable mention. Because I think, uh, like you, I have no familiarity with Dungeons & Dragons yeah. as an IP. I, I heard reasonably good things, went in to see it, and I had an absolute blast. Yeah. It's funny, it's charming, it, it just clicks into place and absolutely works. We forgot to mention the very bizarre Bradley Cooper cameo that happens in it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't really lead anywhere, no. but he's in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah i really really enjoyed that i was so ready there are some films i see because i really want to see them for the show mm. and there are other films i see because i think i should for the show mm. that was one of those films and i genuinely was ready to be like oh the studio mm. and the, the look of it but it was so easygoing mm. and so fun what Again, a would happily rewatch biggest surprise of yeah the year. absolutely and it's such a nice feeling having a good surprise you're like oh
0: i love yeah. that a film can sneak up on me I'll actually throw into that mix, if I may, one more honorable mention before Mm. we move on, which has just occurred to me. I will actually say BlackBerry as well. Oh yeah, not if you've seen... But again, a film I looked at, thought looks like a cynical 13 years too late social network knockoff, saw it really solid, really good stuff with some good performances
1: in there. A lot of love on social media for BlackBerry. People saying don't miss out on it. Really good one from this year.
0: You're going going away for Christmas. I do think it's a good thing for a plane. On my thoughts, exactly. From Biggest Surprise, we now move on to James... Biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment. Mm. We hate to be negative, but we think it's only fair to reflect the biggest disappointments of the year. Mm. Would you like to go first? Oh, you can go first. I
1: went first last time.
0: So I don't have any honourable mentions, really. Uh, there are a couple of films that I was less... I was i was less warm on than others, like Bottoms, for example, yeah. but I'm prepared to accept that might just be me. But the film... That has only just come out, but I did see a bit ahead of everyone else. That I was really, really disappointed by was Maestro. Mm. Okay, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but are you are you still planning to? I'm going catch to see it. it. I, I saw a screening this week. I might, and take. it's and it's been out by the time this episode comes out. We've been on Netflix for a couple of weeks. Mm. I'm interested to hear people's thoughts. It undeniably looks gorgeous, but I'm sorry, I it absolutely gave me nothing. I learned nothing. I I, I gained no greater insight or brilliance into. Bernstein's mind, and I'm seeing all this, you know, heavy Oscar push they're doing for it, and lots of candid interviews with Bradley Cooper being like, mm. you know, what I wanted to do was that, and it's like I like Bradley Cooper, I really do, and I believe he's completely sincere, but I, I, it, this film really doesn't give you much at all, um, and it, it's it's a shame, it's a real it's a real sad because I wanted to
1: believe that Bradley Cooper can you know, graduate from actor to director successfully. And he talks so passionately about directing and you can tell he's poured yeah. heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears. Uh, yeah. Again, I haven't seen it, but I, I do. I am definitely curious, mm. especially after your review. Um, I do have honorable mentions for biggest disappointment. Him my me. first, and this is sort of a dishonorable mention in a way. My first honorable mention for biggest disappointment, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Ooh, Even though my expectations, yeah. I can't say, were th- huge. I love Indiana Jones. It's such a core part of my, of me falling in love with cinema as a Mm. young child. I adore Harrison Ford. Um, And uh, it was just a shame that that film really showed that that character does need to be, does Mm. need to let rest. He's far too old to be doing it. I really wish, I don't think Harrison Ford is too old to be acting. I think it's just, he needs to play a very different role in that franchise for it to go forward. At my quantum mania, even though my expectations were low, what a standout in the year of films yeah. that just is, is, is a very a real direction I don't want to see comic book films going in. Yeah. Um, those are my honorable mentions. But my biggest disappointment of the year for 2023 was Asteroid City. Mm. In the year when everyone was doing Wes Anderson well, apart from Wes Anderson. And I think you've got this, I think it's quite harsh because I, I just didn't get the film. I really watched it and I couldn't connect to it. And I think the very arch emotionless delivery from the biggest cast of the year, Mm. a very typical of Wes Anderson style, just didn't for me, it just failed to get to the heart of the story. I really left my screening wanting clarity and meaning, and it just didn't do a good job of telling me what am I meant to be feeling here? And it's a real shame because it looks gorgeous, Mm. but that, that lack of emotional connection revealed the flaws perhaps in Wes Anderson style and where it can fall short. And I was really disappointed to say that I didn't like it. Mm.
0: Yes. I've, I, I, I haven't seen it yet, but your review has kind of lingered in my mind. I don't know whether I will now. Mm. On to more positive news. We are going to be now be doing the best episode of TV. Now, James, mm. if, if I may. Oh, no, would you like to go first? No, please. biggest episode of TV. Now, we've tried to obviously whittle these, these answers down into Honorable mentions and 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 then overall, it's winner. hard to just give one award. It is hard, to, and I will say, you and I have noted that we've watched less TV this mm. year. We, mm. with the commitments of the show, focusing on film, it's been harder to commit to a TV show. But that said, for me, the best episodes of TV in 2023 mm. is shared between three shows. Okay, it's episode three of The Last of Us, the That's Bill and Frank mention. episode. It's episode three of season four of Succession with uh, the, the thing with Logan. <laughs> And it is see, uh, season two, episode five of the Bear, which is the Christmas episode with Jamie Lee Curtis, the, mm. the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Those three episodes are in shows of which I feel different things about. You know, I like mm. some of those shows more than others. But regardless of that, in the in the one hour or hour and a half that you spend in those that those individual episodes, yeah. it kind of clears away the rest of the show. And I feel like I'm watching like real theater. Mm. I'm really hooked the performances, the the drama of it, and I come away just sort of beaming with superlatives. And it's great television because you know the next morning you just want to rush up to someone and find them and say, did you watch that
1: mm-hmm. thing last night? My honorable mention was the Succession Connors wedding episode. Yeah. And my pick was... My pick for the best TV episode of the year was The Last of Us Episode Three, a long, long time. The episode where it departs from Joel and Ellie. It's all about yeah. Bill and Frank. And, you know, it's it's if you've played the game, you know it's from a note that Joel finds in Bill's town that he hands and it basically tells a little part of that story. And you know, I watched the first two episodes of Last of Us and I had this huge sense of relief. Wow, they've done a really good job. This is really earning its right to be on TV. It's breaking the video game curse. But when I saw that episode of television, I thought that has really graduated from the source material, from the game, shown why it deserves to be a TV show in its own right, shown the power of cinematic storytelling and taking it apart from the game and showing why you wanted to make the TV show. It was just beautiful and sad. It's where, where two characters had to learn how to survive mm. learn how to live and relearn how to love mm. and it was desperately sad and heartbreaking and max Richter's score was like a gut punch throughout the entire thing Absolutely. and i remember i watched it on a plane really just like expecting to like watch the next episode of my show but i just was completely infatuated by it and i left the plane just feeling like really refreshed from a great episode of tv mm. bring on season two can't wait to see do it and with connor's
0: wedding that episode of succession i still won't I think we can still dance around what happens in it because some people might not have seen it yet. Are you okay? You've I'm cu- bleeding. You've, you've cut I've, your I've hand on my white trousers. My goodness! Accident once.
1: Just- we- I'm back.
0: And one of the other best episodes of TV this year: Connor's wedding from yeah. Succession, from the final season. Yeah. That episode, I mean, I had kind of mixed feelings towards the last season of Succession. What was great about that individual episode is that is when you really, the, the shackles are lifted off the kind of acting talent and you're just given yeah. this pure theater and emotion confined to this boat, you know, where Connor's wedding is happening. And it just, it, it kind of lights the fuel that's been slowly dripping in for, for four seasons. And I just, that whole hour that you spend with them is so enrapturing.
1: I don't think that the rest of the season actually reached that high, but no. that individual theatre of that episode, it's just, I don't... It'll definitely go down as one of the best parts of that entire series. Yeah. I think as audience members, we were processing and shocked and reacting yeah. in real time, just like those characters were. And I really felt in the room, the use of the camera work was mm. so well done. And just un- unforgettable, moments and all of those actors as you said like just loving it and firing on all cylinders but so also
0: it works because i mean without again trying to talk too much about it but it is the episode that is about succession literally it, it literally is the succession episode if you you could yeah. almost have had that be the movie of the show and you can have mm. top tailed it but that is the real heart of it and they, they nailed
1: that so well i'm trying to balance what the, all of the show has been business strategy and manipulation yeah. into like emotional closure yeah. and how? How? what's the best way to do this? What's the strategy for making sure I process this? There isn't. Really well done. And my
0: other favourite episode of mm. the year, as I mentioned, is The the Bear Season 2, Episode 5. And I mentioned this in a bonus episode, but what I love about that episode of The Bear, anyone who's seen Season 2 of The Bear will know that that is the standout one because mm. it goes from being half an hour episodes to this hour and 10 minute section. And it you have had, with The Bear's kind of sort of fleeting busyness, there's always only... Half engaged with characters on the side like John Bernthal's character. Mm. And what this does, it stops for an hour and 10 minutes and gives you that those characters, gives you John Bernthal's character, gives you, gives you their mother, gives you the extended family, and locks you in the house with them in a very frenetic Christmas and answers so many questions about who those people are that it, it, and also just finishes like a play. It is unbearably tense to watch and uncomfortable like the best of the bear is. But, that episode and the two other episodes we've mentioned of TV. Great year. Yeah. Next is Cass Green again, on the kind of specific level, if we mm. were just doing episodes of TV as opposed to TV, we're now gonna talk about the best scenes mm. in movies, individual scenes. We always like talking about a little scene in
1: movie that works there. I do. James, do you have any honourable mentions? <laughs> I have a couple of honorable mentions. My honourable mention is the Bo is Afraid bathtub scene. Okay. Which is, the, if you know, this is essentially the first the 1st 50 minutes, call it an hour of the film, is kind of like this comedic short that leads to such a great gag in Boaz Afraid. It goes on for another two hours in a direction that's just completely weird and feels like a massive overshare. But the bathtub scene in Boaz Afraid was, I think, what, some of the hardest I laughed in the cinema. Mm. And the gag at the end of that moment is just so, so brilliant. And the the comedic talent of Joaquin Phoenix sells it so, so well. I loved the world that Bo is Afraid was communicating. That horrible heart attack, anxiety attack Mm. leading to that gag was just so, so good. That was my honourable mention. I also thought the final scene of How to Have Sex, really, Mm. really good. Super sad, sombre, shot in this really interesting way. People who know, uh, young girls who know how to communicate each other but lack the vocabulary to do so I thought was really really touching and then I also thought that final scene in Oppenheimer when Einstein is talking to Oppenheimer and Lewis Strauss is walking along the gardens and it is a very classic palindrome Mm -hmm. moment for Christopher Nolan where the beginning mirrors the end but with new information and a new context for what has happened I thought that was really well done. But one of my favorite scenes in cinema in 2023 has to be the final scene from Past Lives, where Nora and Sung are waiting together and that final scene lives in the silence. And the reason why that resonates with people so much, why it's such an effective ending, is because it is all about the decision to let go and to make a decision in life that you can't really take back. And this whole idea of In-Yun, that maybe perhaps these characters have been together in a past life or they may one day be together in another life, is so beautifully romantic and deeply sad Mm. that it just leaves you on such a brilliant, brilliant note. And it broke everyone's heart and you left that film with such a deep sense of happiness, sadness, nostalgia, and for me, it was just absolutely mesmerising.
0: And if you're wondering if that's a spoiler, if you haven't seen it, I don't think it is. But Having seen it, James has touched around it that that hasn't fully articulated. Can no way near fully articulate no, the whole what film. actually happens in the end of that film. So don't worry, you can still watch that film having heard what James that's has just my said.
1: The best scene.
0: So my honourable mention for best scene in the film mm. is also from Past Lives, but it's actually the scene between Nora and her husband earlier on in the film when they're in bed. T- and they're talking yes. and basically Bracing. it's after Heyson. sorry heisun has returned has come over to new york from yep. korea and um Nora is talking to her husband about how she dreams in korean and mm-hmm. uh her and she's really reflecting on her, how korean she feels and her husband sort of says you dream in a language that i don't understand mm-hmm. you know it's just this kind of beautiful articulation of the gap between them and of the loss that she feels and the kind of loneliness you have this scene where these two characters are so intimately close to each other in bed married together resting on each other and they have so much love for each other but her husband realises there is an unfathomable gap. He Mm. he can never bridge to this deep part of her that she feels
1: completely alone in, in her cultural identity. It's just like really smart and really well pitched and and really well articulated. It would have been way too easy for that film to play those two men against each other in some Mm. sort of way. But the fact that it never does that makes that film so much more interesting. Yeah, guy's past lives. Yeah, great. Go and watch it if you haven't. But because
0: I'm aware that we have a lot of love for past lives, Mm. I wanted just to keep that as an honourable mention. I'm actually going to give my best scene um, to a film that in the States, technically, came out last year, but in the United Kingdom, by, by our rules, James, came out this year, comfortably this year. So for me, the best scene. Uh, For me, the best scene in a film that came out in 2023 in the UK was actually in Babylon, which is a film that you and I feel very mixed on. I think we agree the first 70 minutes is a rip-roaring fun and then it really continues for like another two hours. But there's a scene towards the end of that 70 minutes which is all about the advent of sound in In cinema, and you have this very tightly choreographed comedic set piece with Margot Robbie as an actress trying to come onto stage. All she has to do is walk on stage, hit her mark, and say her line. But this is the beginning of sound in motion pictures. And the camera of the film is spinning around between the role of the director, the role of the sound producer, the role of the lighting, people running in and out of the studio, up and down. There's a booth that's getting overheated and Margot Robbie can't hit her line and her delivery has to be different. And it's about a 10 minute sequence mm. that is so funny, so well executed and articulates the frustration and dawning, the, the, the brilliance and scariness of this new age mm. of cinema of this new technical achievement. I thought it was just excellent. And that was a a real thigh-slapping, well done. That's a really great set piece that you can lift out of that
1: film. And it works on its own. And it works
0: perfectly. The film never gets to that height again after that. But that... Credit where credit's due. As an individual scene, it's it's really really great, and I'm not forgetting that we have a listener who went to see it six times at the <laughs> yeah. cinema. So I'm sure there are maybe there are other scenes in
1: Arjun Like, <laughs> <Yep>, that's <what laughs> me.
0: Oh, yeah. So that I would say my be- my favourite scene is in Babylon. I
1: love how much. Uh, f- Frantic sense of urgency there is in the room, and mm. how much tension there is. And one more time, no, we need to get this. Yeah. Cigarettes pouring over and tripods, just really. And really by the, you know, the whole kind of. Are
0: you kidding me? The screaming by the
1: end, the shouting <laughs> and at The each guys other, like, in the sound booth, like caked <laughs> in sweat, just dying. It's so so good.
0: So our next category, moving swiftly on, is for best performance, and mm. this is the one we put out for for everyone. We ask them about their best performances, and we'll get to that. Mm. I find this a very tricky one, but tricky because of there's, there's so many to
1: choose from. Yeah. Um, James, would you like to go first? Uh, so my honorable mentions for best performance, I have the most honorable mentions for best performance. I think Ryan Gosling, Barbie, yeah, st- stole the show. Yes, I think he was the standout of that, of that movie. He had such a great comedic delivery. Mm-hmm. That film is really, really funny, yes and Ryan Gosling does such a great job doing a role which I actually think is harder to do than it than it might appear. Mm. I thought he was really great.
0: I would just send that as well. Like whenever people talk about Ken, like Margot Robbie is great in Barbie as well. Oh, but so But I've always thought that the thing with is because Margot Robbie's character Barbie is so reactive to things. Mm. She's an avatar where things just come and react. She just reacts to the world around yeah. her. I think that doesn't make quite as Compelling as someone like care I
1: think uh, I listened to a really interesting conversation when Margaret Robbie was talking about how much she struggled with uh coming with her Barbie character, a character that doesn't essentially know who she is in the world and she had to really just focus on the fact that barbie didn't doesn't have an inner monologue until all of a sudden she does she had to really find that sense of emptiness and then move on from it which i think that's a really hard thing to do Mm. Uh, honorable mention goes to robert downey jr as lewis strauss and oppenheimer Mm, what a performance what an actor Uh, and i just thought wow hello robert downey jr who i already know is good but being activated and clearly loving the work he's doing for christopher nolan killian murphy and oppenheimer carries that film and does not let that three hour runtime go and he's there for every single moment of that film robert de niro is my close second in killers of the flower moon when we saw that film i think we were both taken aback by mm. how just like unrelenting and, and sinister mm. he is and it shows why he's an absolute master of his craft mm. that film owes a lot to robert downey jr for, for Robert, Robert. Sorry, Robert De Niro. To me, Robert. Robert De Niro. <laughs> no. <To> me, <laughs> Robert De Niro. Um, so, so good. But my best acting performance of 2023 has to go to Sandra Huller from Anatomy of a Fall. She is stuck in the middle of a case where the French court is indicting her for the murder of her husband. And she is now in the process where it all requires an autopsy of not just the body and not just the house, but of her entire relationship. She's so good at keeping her motives and her thoughts buried deep. I think the whole character was judged so well. There's just the right amount of melodrama in that film, but only at the moment the film needs it. Otherwise, it's played down so well, it's brutally realistic, and I feel like that performance just held the film in place and made it that amazing magnetic film that it was. Sandra Huller. I'll be looking out for whatever you do next. Um, I, I mean, I agree on all, all those accounts. So
0: I would just let's give with my honorable mentions for best performance. I agree, Killian Murphy. Mm. I agree, uh, Ken. I agree, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I agree, Sandra Huller. I, I'm actually going to be, this is where I want to be a little bit cheeky
1: mm.
0: because my honorable mention is to talk about a film that I saw this year, but is not out until 2024, but it's, uh, it's out Excellent. in less than a month Okay. okay. So, and So that's why it's only an honourable mention. If okay. we were allowing it, oh, it honourable
1: mention, I'll allow.
0: This okay, is an honourable mention. Five, five it's not, yeah, absolutely. So my just just a, a big honourable mention mm-hmm. for my favourite performance that I saw this year is what I will think will be the best one of the best performances of 2024, yes. which is Andrew Scott in All of Us Strangers. Yeah, a film I'm really excited for everyone I can't to, wait see. to see. It. He is absolutely heartbreaking in that movie. Mm. I've, it really grounds the whole thing in a movie that only has really four characters, and that film is being released at the end of January and there's a lot of good buzz about it right now which mm. makes me think fingers crossed there could be a world where Andrew Scott gets nominated for best actor for that mm. for, for the Oscars and I would be delighted because it is such an intimate heartbreaking sad performance from an actor who is really we've seen mostly on the small screen Yeah, has done films but I, I think it's just so deserved and I, I, I loved him in that if we were doing it this year I would have said that's my favourite performance of the year but yeah.
1: Happy Price. Go to your happy price. Price line. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It was George's last episode. We never did know. We who never never. Did know. <laughs> Andrew Scott speaks at your funeral. I don't know what he would have chosen, but... I am his favorite performer. I am, as far as we know, his favorite performer. Okay.
0: But the rules are the rules, and therefore my favorite performance of this year... It's a tough one, but basically picking up on a little bit what you said, I think I will have to go for De Niro mm. in *Kiss the Flower Moon* just because choice. we are so used to see, we, we've seen De Niro in loads of films, mm. the good and the bad. But I think particularly in recent years, we have seen him do a lot of dross. Okay, yeah. he, don't get me wrong; yeah, every so often he'll do an Irishman, but he's done you know the family, Dirty Grandpa, all that kind of stuff, and he's become a very familiar sometimes. Uh, sleepwalking presence mm. and what i was immediately engaged with in kids of the flower moon is that he is switched on mm. engaged in an upper register that he saves some for martin scorsese and i think that that completely electrifies the film and he is clearly so invested in it and i just thought it was completely magnetic mm. so i mean it hot take robert de niro good actor mm. but in this he really does show why that he
1: he's so revered so it's yeah. a really sharp film Nothing about it is sleepy. Nothing about it is unconsidered. for a just film that's, get the sense the whole time. Absolutely. For a film that's three and a half hours long, it's yeah. not baggy, it's tight, it's taut, it's focused. It's so rare to have a film be that long and cover that much where you don't go, well, oh, that bit. And you know.
0: also, I will say, you know, L- L- Lily Gladstone, oh, an honorable mention as well. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. But in a way, I, 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 she can't be in the film more due to the narrative yes. reasons for not being in it. But like, I wish she was in the film more. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, I'd probably give it to De Niro. Which brings us to our top films, okay? James and I are both going to talk about our favourite films of the year and also our honourable mentions. And James, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I've been a little bit cheeky and I have six honourable mentions to start with, okay? Because yeah. I, there are there are a group of films that I, I, I really liked and really enjoyed and although they might not, I might not hold them up to the same sort of prestigious level as the ones that are at the top for me, mm. I wanted to give them a shout because I look back at the films I've seen this year and I go, yeah, that one. So just a quick run-through, in no particular order, because uh, other than alphabetical, here are my honourable mentions for favourite movies of the year, movies I've really enjoyed, which include Blackberry, which I've already said, Mm. The Fablemans, which I really enjoyed, came out very early this year, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed, in a year when Marvel is doing absolutely terribly, that Mm. was actually, for me, one of the best Marvel films of of, of mine. Mm Mm-hmm um reality which is the movie with yeah, sydney yeah, sweeney a really tight underseen uh, thriller all confined to one space a, a very play-like theatrical film but not in a negative way one that enhances the film viewing um rye lane i absolutely loved yeah. really, huge thumbs up especially if you're outside of the uk and you haven't seen that it's a real lovely new type of british rom-com that mm. celebrates london multicultural london full of sunshine and color and joy. It's wonderful. It doesn't look like
1: any other film you've seen either. Not
0: at all, very beautiful. And uh, I'd also want to give a shout out to Still, which is a documentary about Michael J. Fox and his struggle with Parkinson's disease. That film takes a really important subject matter, educates you about it, but it's also so inspiring. Michael mm. J. Fox is such an inspiring figure. Whenever I, when watching this film or whenever I hit, see him interviewed, I just think you are such an inspiration. It, it, it's brilliant. It's a lovely short 90 minute documentary. Those are my honorable mentions. And I think now those are my honorable mentions, but my top films, James, I'm going to give top three, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Can I do that? Yeah, go Because for it. Um, I, I find it hard to differentiate them and-, and It's our show. It's our show, we <laughs> made the you rules. So it, my top three films in no particular order, and I don't think there'll be any surprises here. And I'm sure there's overlap between mm. us, us, James. My top three films of the year are Past Lives, Killers of the Flower Moon, mm. and Anatomy of a Fall. Mm. <laughs> And you, James?
1: I have the exact same <laughs> top three. <laughs> I just knew that all the they are—they are the best. They are the best films of this year. Yeah, um, yeah. And for before, reasons I've already discussed. Yeah. But I can get—I can get into it. Should I give you my honorable mentions, which are also cheeky because they're not ours, yeah? But Priscilla and Hitman. Yes. I, <laughs> so, I mean, and same thing. Not to me. giving the award, but in terms of honorable mentions, the films are really—I t- think I can see Priscilla winning a Best Director Award. There's mm. something about the direction by Sofia Coppola that really captures the attention. Not the film I thought it was going to be when I went to go see it. Excited to unpack it yeah. again. And I might actually see it again. Um, and then Hitman. Yeah. So hard to talk about this film because no one's seen anything about yeah, it's it. There's not even a trailer out yet. And I'm like really excited. I will definitely see it again. And I'm excited for other people to react to it. I'm, I don't know how the trailer's going to pitch it because it's quite a weird premise. Mm. But anyway, those are my honourable mentions. But my top three are essentially the same. I, would just I, say, I think one yeah. sticks out for me the most. Past Lives? Past yeah, lives I- Think so. me, I think so. For me, might ed. just have
0: the edge because what I like about Past Lives is that it's a, it's a simpler film, but it's kind of elegant in its simplicity. Yeah. I can, I keep saying this I keep looking like, I can run my hand along Past Lives, getting from beginning to end. I can see the whole movie in my head. It's a smooth structure. Yeah. Past Lives could have, it really lands the plane at the ending. Totally. You know, like, it really could have fallen apart, but that really gets it right, mm-hmm. and and I love that. With Killers of the Flower Moon, what I love is that, going into that uh, three and a half hour movie. You, I, I, it's the relief I felt 20 minutes, five minutes in. I've been like, Oh, god, I'm with Martin Scorsese, who just knows how to tell this story. Yeah. And I would happily, easily throw on that three and a half hour movie, and it feels less of a slog. Yeah, than, and like, I was like, Wall,
1: Wall Street doesn't feel like a slog when you're watching it. When I
0: came out of Poor Things with my friend, Poor Things is two hours 20. Yeah, my friend was like, That felt longer than Killers the Flower yes. Moon because it's just the way it was structured. Yeah. It's really pithy. And with Anatomy of a Fool, I mean, you spoke about it just now, mm. but I agree that even for someone like me who got slightly sleepy at the beginning because of the environment I saw it in, It, it it just is so gripping and just makes you feel like you're watching great drama, yeah. great drama, and the framework of a legal thriller around a relationship in a marriage. It just felt fantastic, and also about Anatomy of a Fool, best supporting performance. I'd just like to say for the boy, who's really good. just fantastic kid, and best supporting dog as well.
1: Best best canine without without doubt goes give to that, that dog. dog
0: an Oscar. My if you've dog. seen
1: the film, you know what that dog has to do to to turn the fate I really the of the film, and he just totally goes for it. I think- like
0: also, someone sent me a link that that dog did win an award. for and oh, I'm, I'm like, well good boy, good boy. I hope the
1: dog gets like a, a, an, an, edible an edible award, <laughs> award. <laughs> with a bone. Yeah. Um,
0: um, but great. I mean, no surprises there. But yeah, those two yeah, films are really wonderful films. split
1: between all of those three. I had such a sense of urgency when i when I'd seen uh, the other two to be like, oh my, like shake everyone, go and see this. My best film of the year is Past Lives. And I can totally tell for me, because every time I've spoken to someone who's also seen that film, mm. I get this really distinct reaction of, oh, Past Lives, yeah. I hope you've seen it too. I hope you felt that same thing. I think it has this intoxicating sadness, mm. this really wonderful capturing of nostalgia and remorse. It presents a relationship, or two relationships technically, that are really carefully constructed okay. over years and years. It felt so deeply personal to the director, and therefore that, that personal... touch transferred to the audience and just made it resonate. I love how pauses and silences Mm. were just as important as the dialogue, if not more. It speaks to anyone who's ever left anyone behind, Mm. ever left a part of their life behind or left a place behind. Um, And I was just so sad. I sound really sappy when I talk about this film, Mm. but I can't stop thinking about it and I just love it. It's my favourite of the year.
0: I agree. That's That Past Lives is a film I haven't been able to sort of shake from my head. That and All of Us Strangers, but that's for next year. Yes. (laughs) I've agreed that. But past lives i agree i do tumble over in my head and every so often if i want to feel a bit close to it, i'll listen to the sharon Van Etten song they use at the mm. end i think oh yeah what a movie yeah and those were our awards for this year the mm. pop kitchen awards but what's been so exciting this year is putting out the question to the sirens yes. on social media and hearing everyone's reactions. so we are going to read out what everyone else thinks about their favorite films and performances of
1: 2023 So, guys, as George said, we asked you to send in your favourites of 2023. Send us emails to hello at pulpkitchenpodcast.com and you DM'd us on Instagram at pulpkitchenpodcast. Will sends in his favourites of the year. He says, favourite film of the year was Across the Spider-Verse. We, yes. That was so, so good. Yeah. I loved that. Nothing pulled me into cinema that much to watch it. And I have to say, I think Ryan Gosling killed it as Ken as well. So silly and serious at the same time. Well, I can't believe I didn't mention Across the Spider-Verse. What a movie. And according to the IMDb Top 250, <laughs> it's the, the a... 13th greatest <laughs> film of all time. It's not, uh, it's not at all skewed by uh, recency bias at all. Luke writes in and says,
0: Oppenheimer, Across the Spider-Verse and Past Lives. All amazing in very different ways. Ryan Gosling as Ken was effing unbelievable. And Glenn Howerton was great in Blackberry 2. I thought it it would be difficult to take him seriously as I've always loved It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But I constantly bought Bought him to be the character he was portraying. Love the podcast. Let's meet for a pint.
1: Thank you. This next one is from Grace, who says, Hey guys, not putting one name before the other. Past (laughs) Lives was easily my favorite film of the year. I've never watched a film in a full cinema in complete silence. Mm. It was captivating, beautiful, made your heart ache for so many reasons. Loved it. I thought Ryan Gosling as Ken was perfection. Uh, And Lily Gladstone was incredible in Killers of the Flower Moon, as Mm. were all the performances in that film, really. So many others, but they were who I thought of first. P.S., thank you for appreciating greatness of the Muppets Christmas Carol. Every yes. year I try to convert friends and family and uh, to love it and fail. Now I know you guys are legit. Love the pod. Merry Christmas, Grace. Thank, Thank you, Grace, very much for that. We're seeing it's good to
0: start seeing what the consensus
1: of opinion yes. is. Yeah. This next this next message is
0: from Oceans Abevin. Get it? Very good. Uh friend of the show, Bevan, of course, writing in saying, oh, okay, so 2023 review. This is so exciting. I can see you're writing this in the moment, Bevan. Um, I think you're,
1: you're, you're running through the streets. <laughs> I've been
0: really enjoying the pod and I've been spreading the word of Pulp Kitchen. So hopefully your Irish audience is growing. Thank you, Bevan. I think it is. For me, performance of the year has to be De Niro in Killers of the Flower mm. Moon. Truly one of my favorite performances of his in a long time. Such a wicked character in such a charismatic package. As for film of the year, I would say Anatomy of a Fall. I was really impressed with this film and the way it was edited. The performance were insane with a special shout out to Milo machado Grainer, who plays the child, the boy in it. Mm. His performance was some of the best acting in the film. Also, I caught an advanced screening of All of Us Strangers. Have you guys seen it yet? Yes, yes Bevin, friend of the show. Come on, George has well, re- seen reviewed it. Reviewed it two months ago. Um, I thought that Andrew Scott was pure magic in the film and the allure of Paul Mescal is of course present but this mm, is definitely Andrew's film. It is absolutely Andrew's mm. film the scoring and the way it was shot in it was electric and particularly in the nightclub scene also then Bev, bevan you go on to ask a question or write something about the ending of the film and i not i'm not going to say i'm not going to read it out because i don't do any sort of spoilers but i will say I, I see what you mean bevan we'll probably talk about it in a spoiler cast when we actually get to the film's release at the end of january i know what you mean We'll be able to discuss that further.
1: Thank, Thank you. you, Bevan. Adam writes in and says, Past lives. Everything about this <laughs> film, though mainly Greta Lee's performance and Celine Song's direction. As you mentioned in your review, a delicate film, and I think a film that captures the complexity of being human, being able to both love the life she has and the one she could have had with Sung as mm-hmm. perfectly shown in the su- final scene. On my watch too, I was struck by the idea of gaze from both the camera watching them and emphasised at the start in the bar, a film that has stayed with me since watching it.
0: Uh, This next message is from Maliki, who says, Past Lives was my favourite film of the year. And, oh, James, my favourite performance was Rachel Ziegler in the Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes. How do you feel about that? Best performance. I just
1: can't. I mean, it's it's a performance that's misjudged. I don't think it's like an atrocious performance. It is not... I think, it's ba- I think it's bad, mm. but it's not like the worst. Right. It does not belong in that universe. But the best, her favorite performance of the year. I'm so happy for you. I- I've had quite a few people say that they've really enjoyed The Hunger Games. I just didn't see it. I thought it was absolutely awful, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> Um, we have got Katie Katie just writes in and says has to be past life for me, beautifully portrayed had me gripped at every scene Uh,
0: friend of the show Lucy says uh, the end we start from slash bottoms was Mm. her favourite films of the year and her favourite performance was Mia McKenna-Bruce in How to Have Sex
1: so so good Uh, Carrera writes in and says Across the Spider-Verse for sure, best movie best performance either Alison Oliver or Devine Joy Randolph Hmm. in (laughs) I don't know and whatever films they were in, Alice and Oliver, well, you got to vote. You got it. <laughs> really
0: this next message is from Thomas W. I, I'm sorry, I don't know who they are. We're busy. <laughs> uh, there are two movies that were equally fascinating for me this year, but in completely different ways. So I say Barbie, which was a fun and cleverly, uh, clever and visually bombastic movie that was entertaining in every way. And The Old Oak, which is Ken Loach's uh, new final film, as a more quiet movie that hits deep emotionally and gives you a, th- a lot to think about and lots to- of perspective without acting like racism and bigotry has any kind of argument. And my favorite performance was therefore has to be Ryan Gosling
1: as Ken. Mm. We, we, it's almost, well, we didn't do a category for it, but production design in Barbie was <coughs> world-class. Yeah. Un- unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, until you see poor things, and then you'll change your mind. Oh right, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> there you go. Um, this next one is from Ashling. Ashling, who says Oppenheimer. Killian Murphy. Yeah. Very, very singular there. I love that.
0: Tommy says Killers of, the flower- Killers of the Flower Moon for best movie, and Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer for best performance.
1: At just sort of video diaries, No Name says Saltburn was my fave, and Carrie Mulligan in Maestro was phenomenal. She is good in Maestro. Don't get me wrong.
0: Uh, Maestro is lovely performance-wise. Mm. It's also deeply disappointing. nina says her favorite movies were oppenheimer and red white and royal blue hang on red white and royal blue isn't that that kind of it's a it's a rom-com on, on netflix isn't it it's the kind of it's, uh yeah. it's, it's but that's fine I'm, I'm i'm not i'm not saying that's bad i'm just yeah. saying i'm surprised to have it mentioned but good f- hey it's your favorite movie enjoy it what
1: an interesting double bill with oppenheimer and your performances your favorite performances are the main cast of oppenheimer all of them mr brightside says favorite film of the year has to be oppenheimer but past lives a pulp kitchen favorite coming in as close second oh, a yeah. literal favorite us What an incredible surprise that movie was! Favorite performance has to be Ryan Gosling for Ken. Mm. Besides the obvious Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer, I would also give a shout out to Jay Baruchel and Blackberry, Sydney Sweeney in Reality, and Andrew Scott in All of Us Strangers. Yeah. Also, just a quick thank you for keeping your fans so entertained throughout the year. I all the sirens, and you have a good Christmas and New Year's. Good shouts, Mr. Brightside. Lots of, there. Uh, lots of uh, similar threads, and Ryan Gosling's Ken getting Fan like a sort of collective people's vote. Yeah. Um, this next message from Watched It podcast just says, past lives this next one is from Amy who says hello James and George love the screen enthusiast community you've created I'm so glad I found it my favourite performance and wow moment for this year is Succession season 4 the cast writers and production was fantastic and the classical hip hop score is genius for me Jeremy Strong in particular does something incredibly special I don't know how I came to feel so much sympathy and care for Kendall who's such a flawed and at times awful person but that's Jeremy's gift I must also mention Sarah Snook who I first came across in Australian TV drama The Beautiful Lie a modern day adaptation of, of Anna karenina for anyone who wants to see more of sarah i highly recommend it keep up the great work amy amy from sydney
0: thank you amy just a few more now kelly says in my opinion the ballad of songbirds and snakes was as good as the book loved it james
1: i'm so i just don't see it but i'm so happy you enjoyed it (laughs) it's you know it's sorry that is the only film of all the films we've reviewed which i've disliked where most people have come back and said you're wrong it's really good yeah I've not had a single other film which I've, I've had that, uh, an opposite reaction to from so many fans. Mm. But, but there you go. Uh, the next one is from V, who says, Best movie, monster, best female performance, Greta Lee, best male, Andrew Scott and all of us strangers. There you go. And this one from Lucas, who says, best film,
0: salt Burn, in brackets, sorry, George, and best performance, Robert Downey Jr. Well, I agree with one
1: of those. <laughs> Thank you very much for your messages. And we have just a few on email too. Puck writes in and says, hi, James and George to hello at says, I have a confession to make. I've been listening to your podcast since episode 20-ish. Wow. And I've realized last week that I've been mixing you two up for all this time. What? Being really bad with names, I just found James to be more of a George and vice versa. <laughs>
0: You you, you you couldn't watch watch the video video, because I'll go George,
1: yeah, (laughs) and George will go James T. And that usually gives it away within an episode for most people. But, yeah, that's fine. Uh, anyway, Puck here from the Netherlands. I saw your story on Instagram asking for our favorite performances in films of 2023. So I had to share my thoughts. I have to say I'm, I'm a big Wes Anderson fan. Him releasing five films, Asteroid City and the Roald Dahl shorts this year, was an absolute blast and I adore every single one of them.
0: Now, is there a spoiler coming in this one? Because I think there was earlier,
1: by the way. I, I know. I, I one of them even includes my favorite performance in the, in the year. Make a guess. I did a... I did not watch a lot of new movies this year because I've been working on shrinking the size of my huge watch list, but I did have the most fun at the cinema when watching Barbie. I actually found it to be so clever and funny. I mean, everything has has been said about the film and the performances, Gosling for best supporting actor. Now, for my favorite performance of the year and the real reason for this email, I'd be very impressed if you would have guessed it, Jeff Goldblum in Asteroid City. He plays the alien... And although not even recognizable, he pulls it off perfectly. The moment he poses, uh, uh, he pulls it off perfectly. It's an absolute comedic genius from Goldblum. Maybe not the answer you are expecting, but I hope you like it. I don't know when or if you'll be reading this. So in case I don't see you, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and good night from Puck. Thank you, Puck.
0: This next email is from Sam who says, Hi, gents. Firstly, thank you so much for all your work this year. As I've mentioned in previous messages, you have kept me going on long runs and looking forward to many more in 2024. Onto your questions. Now, if I'm going on films I loved most this year, I have two. I would have to go with Rye Lane. I don't think mm. I can say much, of this film, much about this film that hasn't been said, but it's just wonderful. And the lunch date scene is perfection. It's a lovely film. Mm. I love Rye Lane. Now onto one that will surprise people. Maybe I only watched It's a Wonderful Life last night. And as expected, I absolutely loved it. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, that didn't come out this year, but g- glad, you, glad you liked it. Um, performances as a massive fan of the bear i'll have to go with jeremy allen white particularly mm. in the season two finale um i've watched the scene <laughs> over and over and i would love to give a special mention to, oh, i would also like to give a special mention to rob bryden's cameo in barbie as sugar daddy yes, Ken. very great. good i hope you lads have a nice and well-earned break and look forward to hearing many more reviews and next year especially when we eventually get june part two Coffee. Happy
1: Christmas (laughs) and New Year. Cheers, Sam. I'd just like to say that uh, I assume this is clear, but every time we're reading an email and me and George go, mm hmm, mm hmm, that's because there's a spoiler and the the episodes are spoiler free and we're not having like a stroke. Wow. What what an interesting uh, And that concludes the second Pulp Kitchen Awards. Um, Well,
0: one thing's clear everyone wants Ryan Gosling to win for Ken for best sporting. Yeah,
1: because it's a comedic role and comedic roles don't typically ever win Academy Awards. It might be the first first one not that the pop kitchen uh, is, is like a huge sample mm. size but wow. i'm almost like it, it could take it as a as a comedic performance
0: yes and is it there a slight worry though that it's going to be like barbie all about margot Ken. robbie and women and stuff and we're mm. going to give the award to ryan gosling this is this is the end of the episode for 2023 our last episode mm. of 2023 and i think we both want to take a moment to say thank you for everyone oh, who has listened to the show and joined us this year and stayed with us this year to listen and engage with us. We have really appreciated it. You have grown this show through your listenership and we are incredibly grateful the yeah. show is in a different place now than it was at the beginning of the year oh my I, say, God. I said the same thing last year but it's true this year we have really enjoyed growing this show with you guys and seeing where we can take it we had great time seeing just a handful of you at the, at the, at the pub quiz mm. and we have many many exciting plans for 2024 just thank you so much uh you are such an engaged, interested film watching crowd um, we love to do it
1: every single email we get in is always just a pleasure to read yeah. to hear people being turned on to films they weren't otherwise going to choose and then this year getting the chance to meet a hundred of you yeah in a room was amazing and every time anyone's ever come up to me whether it's at a rave or just sitting across from me in the tube mm. it's genuinely always like makes my day that yeah. someone is like oh i enjoy what you make it's really really cool and, and isn't it exciting
0: that this time next year, we would, have, we would have seen a whole load of new films that we haven't yes. even
1: seen yet. And there are some new favourites. I remember saying exactly at the first Pop Kitchen Awards, I cannot wait for the film I don't know I'm going to love yes. next year. Because there's always films that we're going to do when we come back, looking ahead to 2024. Yes. And we always try and find as many films as we can to talk about. But I always say there are so many that I don't know are coming that are going to completely take me by surprise. And I can't wait to be talking about them in a year's time.
0: Thank you guys again. There's no games this week just because we've been so busy with the emails yeah. and focusing on the awards this is a special episode. Yes. But have a happy new year and we will see you guys in 2024. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, Bye
1: guys. <laughs>